Welcome to John Wayne Lie to You, the storytelling podcast featuring me, the most excellent dude you know, probably, John Wayne. Party on. That's right. I'm here back in Wayne Manor for another week, nestled in the East Wing within the Library of Evil, where I am uh, uh, most commonly found, if you will. Uh, It's, uh, of course, a wonderful day uh, for me. I think I've got my huge, uh, huge mug of coffee where I'm drinking it black and hailing Satan. Uh, I've got a nice cold Topo Chico with a, oh, they put like a throwback label on this one. Cool. Uh, And I've got, oh, ho, ho, I've got a nice bowl of Grandpap in Medicine uh, here for me today. You know, I got a, uh, a new, who doesn't love New Weed Day? You know, that's just a great day. You know, sometimes... Uh, you know, you got to mix it up, you know, sometimes you get, you know, you get a good, good strain from your guy, you know, I don't live in a legal state. So, you know, I I like, you know, I have to buy it from, uh, from a, uh, a person, you know, uh, which is fine with me. I have some wonderful people who I procure things from. And yes, they have different, uh, of course, there are different things available. Some people have menus and stuff. and, And that's all well and good. But sometimes when you're just like, you know, you go, you know, get, get the same thing from the same guy and he's got to run through this stock and you know maybe you get weed uh semi-regularly like myself and it's it's you know the same thing a couple of times you get kind of like uh you know um just used to it uh it, it's still good it's not bad it's just you know just you just want to mix it up so uh, i can't wait till texas is legal or i'm somewhere else where it is legal uh then uh, i can just have like different stuff like all the time in my house that would that would be the dream in the, in the library of evil would uh, have a special shelf just stocked with strains of weed this is a uh, called mimosa that i'm smoking this morning it is quite delicious it's very piney and light uh it's got an excellent aroma oh it's so good anyway welcome everybody thank you for uh joining me today on another wonderful wonderful day it is uh it's wonderful because i'll tell you why Bill and Ted Face the Music came out this weekend, and it was awesome. Um, it was awesome. It was everything I wanted it to be. If you uh, listen to another podcast I do with Christopher Triana, Vital Social Issues and Stuff with Chris and John Wayne, which you can get at Vital Social Issues and Stuff with Chris and John Wayne.com, uh, we actually, uh, the episode that came out this week, uh, we celebrated Bill and Ted uh and talked about the movies over there, and we talked about them and Wayne's World and how those kind of buddy type of movies were around then. So you can go check that out, that episode out uh, if you're into that. But man, Bill and Ted was just uh, so good, so good. I mean, just you know, and I I've seen some people's posts about like you know it's been shitty. You know, Bill and Ted is the best thing about twenty, and I agree. I agree with that. Like it's it is a great thing, but I think in a, uh, just. Um, I'm not going to speak in these like grand absolutes. I'm just speaking for myself who loved the first two Bill and Ted movies. They came out when I was much younger, you know, and this one, it is, it, it's just, I'm not going to spoil it or anything, but it's, it just has the Bill and Ted have not lost a step, dude. They are exactly Bill and Ted from the first to the last and that's fantastic. They it, this story has their daughters. Of course, they have these daughters that are uh, in their twenties now, but are basically like you know these kind of versions of Bill and Ted. And they have an adventure while Bill and Ted are having an adventure. And uh, the characters are amazing. Death comes back uh, from the bogus journey. It's uh, it's very cool. Like the 
just the fucking casting, like the musicians, the music. Oh, it was so good. Great story. Uh, I even, you know, I got a little misty eyed at the end. Maybe I rolled a tear. I don't know. Uh, you can't prove anything. But it was it just really was everything I personally wanted it to be. And, uh, and one of the reasons, you know, uh, well, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. One of the reasons that, uh, you know, I um, feel this like I guess I've been feeling this way is, uh, you know, I, I uh, or why it's hit me so hard is because um, I I haven't really been interested in watching anything lately. Like I might have mentioned that like uh, on maybe maybe on the other podcast, I, it all blends together. But I've been having a real hard time uh, wanting to watch something uh, from start to finish that I haven't seen before, like wanting to uh, having even any interest in in uh, that or wanting to invest time in that for no reason. Just like I don't know, just lacks, you know, just probably all the shit that's going on my my, you know, you know, I'm constantly trying to work on things right now. And I just have not had an interest. Like my my interest has been like a general malaise where uh, watching movies or or TV shows are concerned. Like the most I've been doing now, I I have been talking about you know uh, I have seen some great movies like in the past over this pandemic thing, but mostly because uh, and I talked about I've talked about this. Nick P uh, is a huge you know movie guy, cinephile. He knows how movies are shot. At, you know everything top to bottom so it's fun he you know when we do have writing sessions with, with what we're working on every week we always end them with you know watching a, a movie and he you know I, he's made me watch movies that i would have never even thought to watch before and there and that's awesome but it's different when we're sitting there chatting while we're watching the movie and he's you know uh it's, it's a different kind of engagement just like being by myself i haven't really uh alone you know or with my wife there's nothing that i'm like you know what I want to watch this all the way through. You know, I've started movies and just gotten like maybe 40, 30 minutes and just turned them off. And like, I don't even care what this is. You know, I, I usually have been putting on uh, like workaholics or, you know, married with children or something in the background while I'm drawing, you know, uh, on my iPad. And, and and I've been reading a bunch, like I said, so I just haven't really been, you know, it, it, it wanting to be invested in any of that type of thing uh like movie wise i don't know or me i don't know what the, if it was just the media or the stories well i don't know what was the thing that uh I, that was keeping me from from wanting to watch it but here's what kind of like you know broke bro- started to break me back in and not bill and ted but a couple of weeks ago i started to watch some hitchcock films i have not like i was going through the, all these movies on one of these things that uh, is probably nick's password that i have and you know, I, I started thinking, you know, I went, there's a, there was a whole sec block of like Hitchcock movies. And I was like, man, I don't know. You know, I don't think I've really watched a lot of Hitchcock or paid a lot. You know, I saw Rear Window a million years ago, uh, the original one. And then like all the subsequent kind of like, you know, piggyback weird, like remakes or same story type things they've done. I believe Shia LaBeouf is in one. Uh, but I hadn't really like kind of dug deep or anything. I, I wondered why I was like, this seems like something I should like. Uh, I know I, I, you know, I appreciate his stuff and I like what I see. And I remember like uh, Alfred Hitchcock Presents would come on in uh, like on Nick at Night when I was younger. And I, I would watch maybe, you know, watch a couple of them. But I never committed to watching to it. Anyway, I was like, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to start a Hitchcock. If not, I'll turn it off if I don't like it. But whatever. 
So I, I picked this movie called Frenzy, which is actually the, you know, the second to last movie he made uh, before he died, I believe. And it's, you know, set in England and, and it's uh, uh, about a, a serial killer that, you know, that kills people or kills women with a necktie. And uh, it was awesome. I, I was uh, captivated me from the start. Uh, it, it now I saw like a UHD like remastered version. So and they actually like were you know this is they scan the the film uh, to uh, to remaster it that way. So it's it's so clean. But even so, like I, I imagine the original version still popped. The colors are amazing, and like I talked to I told Nick I was like into it, and he was like, yeah, that's how Hitchcock would like frame these shots, and he he did he know he knew how to like draw just to make it the picture itself look appealing, whether you were into the story or not. I was like, man, that's fucking true. Also, that's also true. Uh, one thing that, uh, you know, was awesome, I thought, was there's a scene, uh, no spoilers, where, you know, the, the killer has been established, he's taken a girl to his, his room, and they, the, you know, the camera's following up the stairs, they go into his flat, he shuts the door, but the camera doesn't follow them. The camera just starts backing down, you go down the stairs, backs out of the, the, the building, backs all the way across the street as the shot's getting wider and wider and wider, and then it just kind of holds there for a few seconds before it goes in the next scene and it's like whoa that whole thing um you know it just the the impl- the implication because you've already seen this guy kill some kill people so you know what's going on up there but you're not shown any of it and you're just like that whole backtrack like through the you know that shot that takes you all the way back out it's it's you know silent or street and there's no like soundtrack or anything so you're just thinking and uh it was I, I thought it was awesome. I was like, man, I really like this movie. So then uh, the next night, so that got me back in. That was like the first movie I watched all the way through in a long, like, time. Uh, and, by, or by myself in a long time. Like, you know, sat down and just watched a movie. So I was like, all right, I guess my, you know, taint's kind of wet a little bit. The next day, I'm going to watch another one. So I watched uh, one of the more famous ones, Vertigo, which is fucking crazy. Uh, I really liked it. It's also one of those movies that you just, like have to talk about like with your friends. So I'm, you know, told Nick to come over so we could talk about it. We talked about it a little bit, but I actually did a lot more reading about that that movie. Very cool. Anyway, so that then, so I'm all primed and ready, and uh, I um I get you know we get to the Bill and Ted release, and I went ahead and I bought it because uh, it was only five dollars more to buy it, and I'm like. I'm just going to put my faith that this is this is going to save me and I'm I'm going to have rewatchability out of this. And uh tr- always trust your gut cuz de- goddamn if I'm not going to watch that thing a million times. It is uh it's just so charming. I uh, really really liked that movie. There even a even a station reference thrown in there which I, you know, especially appreciate. Uh shouts out Maxine over in Manchester, England, England, uh my station uh partner. Um, it was uh, very, very cool. So if you're on the fence about uh, should I get this Bill and Ted movie or should I check it out, please do. It will brighten your at least brighten your day uh, or at the very least you could make fun of it and me for how stupid we I and, and the movie collectively are. Either way, you're going to get something out of it, I think. But it's it's really awesome. It's it's a great, uh, great feeling. And I am definitely going to ride that high for uh, quite some time because I, I believe that Bill and Ted are going to come and save us. And, uh, you know, they're going to the, that telephone booth is going to appear, you know, at the like at the whatever election. And they'll just step out and they're like, we're greetings, dudes. We've come and we are now your presidents. 
excellent. And they'll just like, here's what we do. And they'll, and they've got the, the song, the trip, whatever it is. They bring up death to play bass. It's all good. And then they save us. So that's what I am going to hold on to that hope, uh, of happening in, uh, at least for, for a short time or, or a long time. I'm not sure. Anyway, speaking of, uh, long time, long time and short time caller, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to all my Patreon people today. What's up, Patreon family? Uh, as you know, on the first, this, on the next podcast, I'm going to shout everybody out individually. On the first of the month, everyone gets a first of the month shout out, but I just want to shout out everybody out. Uh, thank you guys so much for contributing to my Patreon. If uh, you out there would like to, to check it out, go to patreon.com slash John Wayne is dead, and you can uh, check out all the stuff that I have on there with uh, the different tiers that are available. And uh, also, every tier gets you access to another weekly podcast I do called the Awesome Dude for Life Boner Bonus Podcast, in which I talk to other artists uh, and, you know, throughout all the different kind of disciplines that I've met across the country. It's it's a, it's a lot of fun. I have a lot of great conversations with people there. And uh, if, if you're only interested in the podcast, you can join the Dollar Beer Club, which gets you access to the podcast. And uh, and you, you get a warm feeling of knowing you're chunking a, a dollar in the bucket for old Uncle Johnny every month. So please check that out. And, uh, you know, um, you know, give it a look. And you can even leave a one-time donation if you don't want to commit to anything. Because commitment's hard sometimes. I know. So... We'll get back to the uh, awesome dude for life uh, boner bonus podcast later. But uh, another thing I wanted to talk about was, uh, and this might be why, why I felt uh, have been like feeling better throughout the weekend, uh, capped off by this Bill and Ted. But I tried something for the first time that I've never tried before, yoga. And I know it's like uh, not some great revelation of like, yeah, Jesus, John Wayne just fucking figured out yoga was around. No, I've just never done it before. It's just, it's always kind of been in my peripheral, you know, and um you know, I just never really gave it a lot of thought. My wife, Katie, uh, has asked me to do it in the past with her. And I was just always like, no, man, I'm going to hit the gym, babe, you know, instead. And uh, and that's what I do. You know, I just get go to the gym. I do my thing. But, <clears throat> uh, you know, I got to give major shouts out to my sister, Carrie, who lives in uh, – she lives in Dallas, but we won't hold that against her. <laughs> and uh, she is a uh, fitness and yoga instructor who, uh, you know – taught at the the YMCA in her neighborhood and uh you know they were all kind of uh you know whatever furloughed or whatever once this started and then I believe they just closed the whole thing down so she you know uh you know not giving up or or letting it get her down started her own uh online yoga classes like over zoom uh like a lot of people have done but this is called uh feeling fit with Carrie and you can actually check it out on Instagram at feeling fit with Carrie um and uh I believe on YouTube and um, all those just search that and she offers classes every week there's a different class every day I did uh, the first one I did ever it's called uh, it was a low flow or a slow flow or something or light flow day no it was like slow flow yoga something like that and it was uh, it, it was very cool I felt uh, really good after it I am excited to do it again uh, my hip muscles and stuff were, are still sore and I, uh, I really enjoyed it so um, you know, and I'm, you know, just uh, giving my sister a little plug there. Check it out if you want to do some yoga on a day. You know, go to uh, at Feeling Fit with Carrie and check out her schedule, and you can just uh, pop on. It's only five dollars to drop into a class. I think that's pretty, pretty cheap for yoga. I imagine. Um, I don't know, but anyway. Uh, so yeah, it was a lot of fun, and I feel good, and I'm gonna keep uh keep on keep on doing it. So, um, anyway, without further ado, I think that we're gonna jump into our uh. 
our, uh, I almost said three-card yoga reading, three-card tarot reading uh, of the week. As you know or do not know, I do a three-card tarot reading on myself before every show, and uh, where I just kind of write down the things on my mind uh, that week, what I'm, you know, what I've been got going on in the old noggin, and just uh, you, you know, look at those those things through the prism of the cards, meanings, and just kind of get a fresh perspective or just you know a nice little thought exercise out of it. Um, so let me uh, get just taste of this coffee here. Mm-mm-mm. And if this is something you're interested in, I also do a card of the day reading every single morning on my Instagram at John Wayne is dead uh, on my Instagram story. So you can check that out there if you want to learn some more about tarot. And um, and it's on my uh, the John Wayne is dead YouTube channel immediately afterwards. So um, so this this week, speaking on uh, speaking on speaking of the card of the day readings that I've been doing this week, there there's been a theme that's run through the whole week. Um, based around, uh, you know, decision making that is in line with your, you know, with your, with your value, you're making your decisions based on, you know, your values and, uh, knowing what truly motivates you to make decisions also, uh, for the long term, it was like the lot, it was making these decisions that were going to affect your long term with your long term, you know, focus in mind. So, it's kind of like uh, I spent some time thinking about that, I, uh, you know, focus, follow through. Like that was another big thing. And I, I follow. Th- I'm, I'm not like uh, I'm not somebody who starts something and, and just leaves it to the side to the next thing. I, I mean, that's not just I feel guilty if I don't finish something, even a, a, a book that I don't like if I'm reading it, you know. So I will I do have follow through. Um on the things that I do, but I think it's more, uh, in my mind, I was thinking follow through on the things that I need to do, you know, uh, either in the future or in the present now, like, uh, you know, like, cause I'm constantly trying to keep, keep hope alive as I'm, uh, you know, uh, keep this career going figure out how to, how to make it keep working. Um, so, you know, I, I put that long-term to sit in decisions with clear motivation, you know, like I, just like I said, knowing exactly what is b- behind the reason I'm making this decision, you know, or choice. There's a, there was a, like a, you know, based around choosing something, making a decision of uh, maybe, you know, something that held uh, sway one way or the other. So first card king of pentacles reversed so this card um with this card it it, you know it's the pentacles you know and it's a a king so reversed it's going to be a little bit different as far as the leadership and and having your shit together go this card is asking us take a take a look at our relationship with money with our money um we might not be managing our wealth or our wealth that meaning not you know our money that we have uh, we may not be managing it too well, and we, we need to kind of take a look at that, acknowledge it, and see what's, you know, what's going on. You know, this is, maybe we spend it as soon as it comes in, you know, it's just, you know, it's in and out, you're spending it before it hits the thing, you know, your bank, you're just, you're on like a too much of a splurging type of situation. It has has just started to perpetuate itself, and, and we're not treating, like, treating our money with respect, and, you know, we work hard to to make it, you know, especially, I, I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but in the arts, you know, it's, 
it's a little bit harder sometimes uh, because it's not like a guaranteed paycheck is coming every week or every two weeks. So, you know, it's a, there's reason to take pause and like, at least then I'm looking at these from myself, you know, I say you, I mean me, you know, to look at that, like, you know, make sure that I'm, you know, treating, you know, the things that I have like coming in and, and, uh, and going out and, and keeping that in like a nice balance and not splurging on, uh, you know, just stupid things. And, and, uh, you know, cause I like to collect, you've listened to these episodes before I collect things. I like music. I like books and records. And, you know, I, I'm quick to jump at like a pre-order on something or, uh, you know, a pop from a movie I really like, but, and these things are fine, but it's just like, I have to, tr- I have to look at these things better and make better decisions based around that and uh and it you know draw upon you know i i talk about being disciplined all the time this is another discipline you know draw upon that discipline and and make sure saving you know stop whatever this this card is like wants us to stop whatever this pattern that we've fallen into with our with our money and spending um on on another side of that you know we might have become obsessed like kind of with with the with making money like we're putting the creation of wealth above everything like our relationships our family uh our own well-being you know if that's something you're doing too you're just over investing everything in the creation of wealth which just uh you know it it that's like a snake eating its own tail type of situation um you know take a look at that are, are you just if you're impressed by other people's status and that's what you're chasing that's why you're you know creating this wealth or whatever that's you know we need to take a take a look at those things is that really what you want is that going to make bring happiness um you know and this also tells us to take a look at some of our routines and make sure we, we're not st- stubborn and rigid uh, and be, you know, in things that we need to open ourselves up to change about and that, you know, we, it's not some predictable lifeless thing that we've become, uh, because we haven't, we won't open ourselves to things to change and, um, we're not trying to break these negative cycles. So we need definitely do that. Um, you know, that's a good long-term thing, you know, to, to, to be ready for eight of pentacles reversed. It's the next one. Um, so this this uh, Eight of Pentacles reversed. I said reversed, right? Yeah. So this card here, we're focused on self-improvement uh, and personal development. Um, you know, this is where we, this card wants us to take a look at ourselves and start to understand what our our beliefs are, what we truly believe in, you know, kind of, or reassess what we believe in and, you know, on our way to making this best version uh, of ourselves. And, um uh, dis- okay, and also dispel negative thoughts with, you know, it's a one-for-one one situation I've talked before with things that you're appreciative of or have had good in your life when, um, you know, these are the things we need to do to keep that negativity from from creeping in because this, you know, we will, it's saying like, you know, we will still have those thoughts pop up, like negative thoughts pop up, even if we're in a good kind of headspace. Um, but the thing is that we don't want to let those hang, like hang on and start uh, like a pylon where something else jumps on. And then next thing you know, you know, we're in a spiral or something. So it's like, think about, you know, maybe you, you wake up and, you know, right away it's like, yeah, you didn't, you know, look at that. You got a rejection first thing this morning. And, you know, uh, instead of being like, oh man, that's, I suck. Just be like, oh, well, you know, you think about like, yeah, but I did get two stories accepted, you know, last time, you know, so that, that's the kind of thing. And that's just an example from my life, I guess. But it, it, that's the kind of thing that it's talking about here. And I know 
that can be easier said than done a lot of times. But if you if we try to do it, at least be mindful, we're always you know getting a little bit better at it. Uh, this also talks about that uh, we might be focused on creating perfection, and because of this, we're losing sight uh, of the bigger picture, getting in the way of our ability to change and adapt. Uh, because <clears throat> we need to realize that perfection is a, a myth. Now, this this I, I resonates with me on that. You know, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't. Uh, maybe I mean focused on creating perfection. I don't, I, I don't think I'm trying to be a perfectionist on things, but I definitely can be a control freak. I definitely want things a certain way, um, and uh, I see what it, you know what it means when it's like you, know, you you focus too much on these these things, you lose sight of that big picture of the long term that I've been, you know, talking about. So, and it is kind of a get, you know, I look at this as getting in your own way, you know, and you can't, you're, you're in your own way, uh, head down on something so, so, so fucking minute, possibly. It just inhibits your entire ability to see that change needs to happen. And, uh, you know, and, and so mostly we need to know that this, you know, accept that perfection is a myth and kind of back away from from it as we can there and, and realize you know we it, the hold it has on us i guess and you know acknowledge that and and look at the the long term um this this also goes along with that it says uh, having if you're having trouble making progress with your goals step back to see if you're focused on the right things uh look at shifting your focus back to a broader part of the goal so that's speaking to like you know this kind of creating perfection like if you're stuck uh moving forward for an extra long time or lo- longer than it was the last time or you know that is the pattern that's happening you know i've i say this before in the card of the day we it, step back in these times and make sure we're still focused on the right things that are getting us to our goal cuz shit changes and like this says when you focus on perfection perfectionism you close yourself off to those changes you're not receptive to them you're not even letting yourself become aware of them that this has changed and now you need to do uh you know zig when we would have zagged a month ago but now things are different and so that's why we always need to be you know keeping in tune with ourselves with that and and checking in on those motivations are they the correct things motivating us are we still <clears throat> are we still on the right track as far as that's concerned um you know and like if you have to shift back you know to a broader goal to you know, see like, um, and by that, I mean the, the big one you're working to, it's going to have all those things in the, in the middle, but it's, it's saying step back and look at that broad goal, that long, that more long-term goal and figure out how to get there better than what we're doing, uh, and get out of our own way. So, uh, and then the last card we got nine of wands, this is a, a card of resilience. So this card is, you know, it comes along after some challenges that we've been through, we're battered, um, you know, we're, we're kind of beat down and, and we're tired, but <clears throat> we know that we're getting stronger. We know we're making progress. We know that if we keep on this, we will prosper. We just cannot quit, you know, and, and even when things don't go our way and we're tired and exhausted, we need to keep pushing, you know, uh, that's what this card is saying. Uh, keep pushing because we're so close to the finish line. Don't give up and stand firm in the face of challenges. You know, sometimes, like I said, these challenges will take longer than the last time or you know you find them like hard you know, things are just getting harder and you're just maybe tired of it you're just sick you know all of those things can happen you're burned out you're over it you're questioning yourself you um these are all things like that like are the 
the final things you need to push through along with the last challenge to to get to that success, you know. Um, and, and we know this because we've done it before. Draw on that past knowledge, things we've been in the past, uh, been through in the past. Um, you know, if others like uh, maybe there's others that are opposing you or you feel that people are attacking you in some way or uh, you're, you're just maybe a passive opposition or something in some fashion you're feeling that from people it just don't uh don't let that hook onto you because these are just insecurities that are being projected uh onto you because you know you are on the right track don't don't question yourself you know don't let that don't let other people's insecurities get to you and become your insecurities that's not your responsibility for dealing with other people's insecurities um this is a time to assert yourself and and don't let people uh, deplete your energy that like that, like those people that are, are, uh, you know, projecting their insecurities onto you. So that's our reading for this week. I, I got a lot out of that. Um, you know, especially going back through, uh, it resonated pretty, pretty well with me through the card of the day readings throughout the week. Uh, everything kind of seemed to tie together. And I, I, you know, this isn't hoodoo voodoo people. I'm not trying to say that, yeah, that it's like magic. Oh, I'm, I'm predicting the future. This is just a really good way of looking at things, and you know you can see patterns in everything if you want. But but to have a, I need a little bit of a, a fresh perspective from time to time, and now is probably now is one of those times. So this has me really thinking, uh, and it was good. So anyway, thank you guys for checking that out. If you like, like I said, if you want to learn more, check check out my stories on Instagram at John Wayne is dead every single morning card of the day. And then it goes over to the John Wayne is dead YouTube page. So anyway, uh, before we move on any further, I was talking about, uh, the uh my patreon and the awesome dude for life boner bonus podcast and if you've been listening along you know that i've been uh taking a piece of the conversation with the guests that i have for uh that's coming out uh over there on the patreon page today this same day that this is released and uh kind of so you can get to know them get to hear what we have to say a little bit and uh if you like the episode you can move Move on over to Patreon, you know, if you want to just join the Dollar Beer Club, you can hear the whole episode and all the back catalog. So, um, so I've been playing a little snippet of those in here, and uh, this is no exception. Uh, this week, I talked to a fellow Texan of mine, uh, just up in Austin, uh, up the road a piece, and uh, he is a, uh, a writer and a publisher and uh, works very hard, um, and I had a great time talking to him. Uh, let's, let's listen to a little bit of this. This is uh, myself and John uh, Baltusberger. The, the next book after that is Extreme Horror, uh, Extreme Biblical Horror in Verse. And uh, well, Explain that. Explain that, please. Uh, there's a there's a book of the Bible. It's not canon for Judaism or Protestants. I don't think it's. I think it's canonical for uh, Catholics. The book of the Mel. Book, the book yeah. of Enoch. Okay, I've heard of that. It's it's about uh it's about angels coming to Earth, uh, having sex with humans and creating giant monsters. Hell yeah, that's the sexy uh book of the Bible. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I took it in a much darker way. Uh, I was kind of exploring the dichotomy of uh, power and sex, mm-hmm. and if uh, basically, I don't think there could have been a consensual relationship mm-hmm. between angels and man at that point. And interesting so it's, take. It's real dark. It's real. Uh, 
when I read a poem from that at uh, KillerCon, Christine Morgan in the chat window said, man, I thought I was going to hell. <laughs> so I'm excited about it. Uh, I believe uh, I believe I have a publisher lined up for that. So like I said, I don't yeah. I don't have a hard and fast rule about uh, where my stuff goes. I just want it out there. Uh, and if I if someone else is interested in carrying it, great. But like I mentioned, a lot of my shit's real niche. So sometimes yeah. I just have to bite the bullet and do it myself. Yeah, and then it's like once you start getting like a, a readership, uh, you can more. I think it's you can more go the way of like, well, I'm just going to put this out, you know, because you already have the the audience kind of built into like, what's what's John got coming out next, you know? So what's that? Jay Wilburn self publishes most of his own shit, so you know, once you like you said, once you have the uh, once you have a following. What's uh what's press going to do for you that you can't do for yourself is always the question, right? Uh, that's a uh Jeff Strand does that. You know, he famously or I I think famously like he was publishing and then he like switched to self publishing and was like, oh, I got all these people that read me already and like now like he just like completely makes a living doing that. It's amazing. Absolutely, Um, that guy's awesome. Shouts out Jeff. Uh. But um, like as if he's listening to this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> join the Patreon, Jeff. Come on, it's a dollar. No, um, so that's very cool. Uh, these things are coming out very soon. So I'm actually this will come out like Monday of this week. So uh, yeah, go uh, go to Amazon, buy my goddamn book. It's out today. <laughs> today, congratulations. <laughs> Uh, so Killer Con, we were just talking about that. Yeah. That's where we met. Um, I, I mean, we got to, you know, I, I was at two of them in the flesh. Uh, but this last one was mm-hmm. not in the flesh. It was online and you. it was a, a virtual con and you were part of the organizing and running it, right? Yeah, I was I was essentially the tech guy. Um, you know, it's a big team effort between uh, the Killer Con committee uh, that Wrath James White heads up. Um, but, you know, Lucas Mangum, Shane McKenzie, Nate Southard, uh, Lisa Lee Tone, we're all in there trying to make sure shit's moving smoothly. And um, I was kind of the guy behind the uh, behind the curtain trying to make sure the tech part of shit was running smoothly and making sure that, uh, that we could hear what we needed to hear and see what we needed to see and that uh, everyone else shut the fuck up. Yeah, um, I, uh, you know, leading up to that and, and also before right before that, there was the virtual scares at care con. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think both of these were successful in the way they ran and uh, and smooth because like, it, you know, se- I, several months ago, like towards the beginning of all of this crazy whatever were happening, um, <clears throat> there was a lot of people making attempts at like online uh, markets and online type of uh, panel like stuff and like every like the first few I participated in I was like oh my god this is does does not work this is not going to work this isn't going to work I don't want so like I just like kind of it's like I'm not doing any of these anymore so the next one I did was scares at care immediately followed by by killer con and both of those were like smooth sailing like uh you know, the panel that I did for Killer Con, I was like in a hotel room and shit and like everything was cool. I could hear everybody. Uh, everything flowed. Everything was on schedule. So like it is a huge undertaking, like I, I imagine. And um, 
Uh, so like, you know, congratulations on to all of you guys for, for it being a, a success. Um, who, who, uh, here's a, who, here's a question. Who comes up with all those panels? Uh, that's the committee. Uh, I was not part of the, the, uh, planning committee this year. Uh, yeah. I, but, uh, it's mostly like wrath shooting the shit with Shane and Brian, uh, gotcha. coming up with these committees. I'll that, makes you, sense. that makes sense uh, why I was on yeah. the drug panel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, though, dude, uh, a few days after KillerCon ended, I was sitting through a uh, – I was running a uh, a panel for my day job, which is in the tech industry. And they were talking about how all these virtual events suck and why they all suck. And I, I was in the background. I couldn't say anything. But I wanted to be like, well, maybe it's because you suck in running them. They don't, they, don't, they don't have to suck. The way you're trying to do shit just sucks. But yeah. I didn't say any of that. No. I mean, I think it's definitely an adjustment for everybody involved in, in any of it. Um, and, and while it's it, it, it can't... Uh, exactly replicate being together with people um it is it is better than uh i don't want to say better than nothing because it makes it sound like yeah it's fucking no it it's was better than skipping a year it's good it's it's still a good thing it still has value in a different way i think yeah. that helps feed that um yeah because i was like uh when i got that that information i was like the drug panel why am i on the drug pan panel i guess like i kind of was like what am I going to talk about? Like doing drugs? Like I thought, so I was kind of like perplexed a little bit about, it. I talked about this on my other podcast, I think, but like that night, that weekend, I just so happened to be staying in a hotel by myself, just down the street from my house, basically, mm -hmm. because I was, uh, uh, my, like I did, I was, all my cons have been canceled and there was one that was going on. And I was like, I'm not going to go to that. I don't think that's a good idea. And my wife was like, you made the right decision. You know, here's a hotel room for you to go, uh, you know, write or do whatever you want and pretend like you're at a convention, I guess. <laughs> uh, so <clears throat> I had that room and like uh, it was it was pretty like I I was drinking a lot before I got there. And then I got there. I was drinking even more uh, by myself. And I'm like, so my bathroom is like a smoked out inferno. Um I get online. I'm like doing like Instagram live, just like playing guitar for an hour. Like somebody else shows up with more beer. I start like just doing fucking lines. We're just smoking out the bathroom. It's six 30 in the morning. The next thing I know Saturday morning. And I was like, fuck dude, I gotta do a panel in a, like a couple hours. Like I try, couldn't sleep. I took like eight showers and it was like a half hour before the panel. And I was like, I'm gonna have to get drunk again. So I saw it popped up here and I slammed a couple beers just like that's why that whole time I had that one big that quart that I was drinking mm. and I got a couple more Lone Stars. And as I sat there and just like in front of the computer with a beer, like trying to get my shit together, I was like, this is exactly why I'm on the drug panel. I guess I see now. Uh <laughs> I feel like I feel like most of those choices made a lot of sense. The only thing I was not a big fan of was uh, Nate. Uh, being the uh, the moderator, the moderator, because he's he's trying to be he's trying to be sober, he's trying to live sober, and I feel like that was kind of a dick move. <laughs> well, uh, I think I mean I I I agree and disagree. I think like he, he was there to you know uh, I guess talk from experience past you know right. the, what he had to add, 
And I guess going into this, it was probably maybe maybe the consensus was more on the lines of like these guys party, but they don't party like super hard. They'll, they'll be able to talk about, you know, thing like maybe how it, they do things when they write. And then it was just like it was kind of like that. But then I'm all like, yeah, I'm doing this and that and like actively. I- uh, and I was like, ah. scenes, dude, I, I continuously was messing Nate like, dude, get them back on track. Get oh, them yeah. back on track, my dude. You got to You got to stop this. This is rough. <laughs> that was awesome. He's like, I got a message from the organizers. Yeah, that was me. Try get them to talk about writing. Yep. <laughs> that was that was that was me uh, yelling at Nate in the background. But uh, I think it was successful, though. It was, no, a, it was a cool. It was a cool show. It was a cool panel, too. Yeah, and it was also, I was like, I definitely could have talked to like another hour about that. I was very comfortable. And then by the end of it, I was also like, I feel like a million dollars. I feel great now. Let's go. Let's write. And I go to my computer and like the battery is dead. And I forgot to bring my cord with me. Oh, no. Well, fuck. God damn it. (laughs) Just as well. And that is also why you're on the drug panel. Um, But anyway, it was a good time, and I, I really can't wait until we can get to uh, a regular type of yeah, con sure. um, and see each other again. Uh, so what else is going on up there? I mean, we, we've we done those shows, you and I, with Max. Um, yep. uh, those are gone. Uh, well, we're, uh, we're talking about trying to uh, – so I, I do a Twitch talk show now. Um, oh, what is that? Well, some of my I, friends do it one as well. Shouts out, F and Rager. Cool. Yeah, uh, so I used to do a podcast called Madness Heart Radio. I mean, it still exists. It's still out there, but uh, I've modified it now so that I do it on Twitch so that the audience can see us, you know, me and the guests talking, and mm-hmm. I can put up links and all that shit. Um, and I was showing it. I was having Max help me with some tech stuff, and I was showing it to him, and he's like, dude, do you think I could do uh, something indecent this way? It's like, fuck yes, you can. Hell yes. Oh, shit. <laughs> Because I love so like something indecent is great. Uh, the show that Max runs, uh, yeah. Just for everyone listeners, it's a kind of like a var- variety type of talk show. Uh, yeah. Very, very like anything go like it's very crude. Uh, it gets it was in very funny and um, you know he has people do readings. I, I read from Ghost Dad, I believe uh, the yep, novelization. I that. that was amazing. It was uh, it's so it's it's kind of funny shit like that that gets kind of over the top sometimes. So so he's talking about bringing it to Twitch. That's yeah. that's very doable, I think, because then you can no, Skype bring everybody super, in, right? Yeah, it's super it's super doable. Um, the only the only sad thing I'll have is there's something magical about being wrist deep in a weird Simpsons erotica piece and watching people that are not there to see the show walking in and be like, what the fuck is he? T-? Did he just say that Lisa was getting her knees scraped with the power of that guy's thrusts? What? Oh, God. Yeah. See, I, I also thought about that um, because this, it, where the place that this show was being held is, you know, just, bar, the bar, just a coffee beer bar, whatever it is. And it has a stage, but like, it's not, separated like the performance area is not like in a now go here to see the perform it's like right there when you walk in like i was up there and shit was happening i um, i could see people walking in with their kids and like looking and like oh (laughs) just like turn right back around and this is austin this is pretty liberal people so we were like you know to it it, uh those kind of things make me uh smile a lot because as a 
uh, as you know, I, I used to play in a band called Letters to Voltron that was uh, just weird, like weird music, but like songs about like how you fucked your best friend's mom, your entire friendship, uh, weird, like things about like traveling through, through space with a robot, but you have to suck his dick to get information. It's, it's like all this stuff. So dude, we, uh, and, but, but the, but the thing is that the music was super technical and then you have this other thing over it. That's just, right, right. well, we walked so many fucking people, dude, a lot. We would walk. If you weren't there to see us, dude, and you stayed, you were a special person. Uh, I wonder, I wonder if that's why we weren't, uh, more successful, but, but yeah, so I know what it's like to like, and I, I kind of chuckle at those things, but, but it is funny because they don't even know at this place, they think they're going to come have a, a hot cocoa with grandma and we're going to, uh, and dad's going to have a beer tonight and we're going to sit outside. No, like you're fucked. You can't go in there when that show's happening. <laughs> uh, you know, that again, bringing it back to poetry. That's one of the things I really like about the stuff we do is. I get up there. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna read a poem. I'm like, oh, he's gonna write, read a poem about how he, his, his girlfriend has hair like the. No, fuck you. I'm gonna read some twisted shit about torture now. Uh, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read some weird shit. And uh, twisting that expectation that people have is always incredibly fun and important. I think. I mean, that's the whole entire point of literature, in my opinion, is to is to mess with people's expectations. Challenge, yeah. It's got to it's got to challenge people. But um, yeah, that is interesting because, you know, for a lot of people, when you say the word poetry, the first thing that springs to mind is flowery, pretty, Mm -hmm. you know, not not necessarily uh, torture or, uh, you know, weird sex or sex torture or uh, torture sex. All right, so that was a little bit of me and Mr. John Baltusberger. Check him out. Uh, check out the Madness Heart Press, his his uh, press webpage. They've got a lot of very cool shit coming out, and uh, the imprint that he has on there is uh, that they're doing stuff out of is is amazing. So check him out, and if you want to hear the rest of the episode, go over to Patreon.com/slash John is Dead and uh, just uh, join one of the tiers, and you'll get it every single week. So anyway. Uh, without further ado, I think we'll move on to our story portion of this week. It was, I have to say, it was a uh, mildly inspired by the uh, by Bill and Ted. Um, in that it's uh, you know two dudes on an adventure and uh, and having uh, some hilarious times. So uh, you know um, th- this one is a, a story you know from uh, from a John Wayne is Dead tour with Chris Jett and I, and I might have. Early on in the the podcast, I, I might have talked about this at one time or what happened, but I don't think I've ever just told maybe told the whole story. Maybe I have. Anyway, this reminded me of it, and uh, it was a, a t- truly a Bill and Ted uh, excellent type of adventure. So this story is called "Hurry Up and Wait, But Then Hurry Again." So. This is a few years back on uh, one of the John Wayne is Dead tours that uh, Chris Jett and I did. Shouts out, Chris. Uh, and we usually, I know well, I've talked about this in the past, and you know, we, we usually would have our road manager, Atom, with us to uh, help out and keep our toods in check. And then one time, we had the one time, uh, one time, uh, uh, road, uh, road manager in quotes, Bobo, uh, you know, it was a, a, a fantastic trial and error, but we love Bobo. It just wasn't for him or us or everybody. But 
you know, we usually have somebody with us. For this tour, we didn't have anybody. It was just us. It was just the two of us. Um, I can't remember exactly what the details around that were. But, you know, uh, it, being on the road is uh, a lot of – it's a lot of fun, yes. And there's a lot of adventure to be had, of course. Um, but it, it, it's not always, like, a thrill-a-minute glamour adventure – uh, that maybe it's romanticized to be, you know, we're not all Motley Crue with uh, hookers and blow at our, you know, and, and full 24-7 until we're pushed out on stage to do the show and then right back into a weird, you know, plane that travels into the future for future blow and hookers. I don't know. It, it's not, um, I mean, it's not all that. that. It, it, there's a lot of hurry up and wait to touring. <clears throat> and in that, I mean... You know, yes, there are times when the drives between places are, uh, you know, at a length where you're going to be cut, cutting it pretty close to get to, um, you know, the the venue to get to your time slot and stuff. And, and, you know, you have that anxiety of getting there, loading maybe right onto stage and, and going. That That certainly does happen. But a lot of times, especially, you know, in Texas is so big that you know you can be on the road for a week and never leave this the state uh hitting all the kind of major cities or you know so we you know uh, we being from texas houston thir third coast 33rd shouts out uh you know we usually start in houston and kind of work our way north and um you know, end up, uh, you know, we'll do San Antonio, Austin, Dallas, and that'll get us out, uh, and then maybe Denton, and then that'll get us out of the state, and, and you know, if we're going north. Uh, but um, otherwise, we work our way east, you know, and go through Louisiana, uh, and then, then we don't hit a whole lot of other Texas towns unless we go up and then over. Anyway, the thing about uh, some of these cities is that they're not incredibly far away. And even the ones that are, like, say, Dallas. Dallas is, I mean, it's a, it's a four, four-and-a-half-hour drive from Houston, but if we were to drive there from Austin, you know, or San Antonio, it's going to be, like, still maybe three hours, three-ish hours, something like that. So that's not a lot. That's not a lot of time in the, in the grand scheme of driving across the country. But it's it's a short amount of time to get from a city to to city to city, and and you got to think about like if even that you know if you you leave wherever you stayed the night, uh, or if you had a cheap motel, you got to be out in the morning. You don't. There's nothing to do. You're not going to go out on the town and have brunch. You know, you're on tour. You just get in the fucking car, van, and you go to the next city. But if it only takes an hour or an hour and a half or three hours to get to the next city, it's, you know, you're getting there pretty early and you, you've got to figure out creative things to do. You know, it, it, it uh, you don't want to spend any money, you know, you'll try to eat on the cheap. You do a lot of car drinking, like sitting in the van drinking or, or hanging out in the van or car if you can. Um, or just, you know, a lot of fucking sit at a, a bar, order one beer and nurse it or coffee shop, depending on the time. There's a lot of that, you know, but and I always have stuff to keep me occupied, you know, writing and, and drawing or Chris and I just like shooting the shit. Uh, but on one of these occasions, we had played in San Antonio uh, one night and our next uh the next, very next night we were playing in Austin. So uh, I've talked about this this club uh, uh, many, many episodes ago, but 
uh, we played at this club in San Antonio called Zombies. Now, Zombies is like this heavy metal, mostly like a metal club, right? And I thought it was cool. It, the, the main drawback uh, it was that it was in the suburbs. Like it was, it was too far away from this a city area to really kind of draw a lot of people out to like this suburb to go to it. That that was its only drawback. But otherwise, I mean, it had a, a great beer selection, Texas beers. You know, uh, the owner treated you right. You know, always tr- treated us right, and I, I liked him because I played there uh, a few times with Letters to Voltron as well. And, and Chris and I, you know, Chris and I are a punk rock band and he let, let us come through cause we were on tour to have a place so we could play at San Antonio. And, uh, so we were playing there and for some reason, like they would make you, uh, the bartenders would make you give them your ID with your credit card it's for some weird thing I, I, when you opened a tab. And, um, and so, you know, we, we had a. I think Chris. Okay, what happened was Chris had opened a tab, uh, bef- without like knowledge of maybe this was the first time he and I played there. Maybe this was it, because you get a, a uh, um, the band gets a tab at the bar. Uh, I knew that from playing with Letters to Voltron, where you know you get. I, I think if he gives you maybe two free Texas beers, I think, and then you you know you get like two dollar beers the rest of the night, uh, and so it just goes on the this. You don't have to give a credit card for it. It's just the band tab, right? Uh, and he didn't know that we got that, I guess. So I, I, but he opened this tab, and I was like, "Dude, we have a band tab." And it's like, "Oh shit!" So whatever. Um, you know, we were setting up or something. He's like, "I'll, cl- I'll figure it. I'll close it later." And so, uh, so we we played uh, that show. It was fine. It was a a great time. I imagine. I I don't remember. I do remember it. You know, this was one of our first tours. Now that I'm thinking about it. We did not have anybody with us. And, um, you know, and, and, and I also made Chris stay at the uh, Dirty Porno Motel uh, down the street from the venue. Like, cause off, it was off the freeway, like in, a, in, you know, a suburb. But when you get on the freeway and go down a little bit, there's like some seedy motels that were $40 a night, you know. And then they since went up to 60 Who do they think they are? But... Uh, you know, we and we definitely stayed in those. Uh, I would Chris would be like, please, no, 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 we're staying here. Uh, <clears throat> and they were always so so bad, but so good. Uh, really, truly looked like just something horrible. Like they were, they just shot like a very low grade porno in right before you checked in. You know, uh, dirty. It was awesome. Anyway, we did that, and and you know, our next stop is Austin, right? So Austin's not very far from San Antonio. You know, drag even like dragging your feet to get there. It's like an hour, a little over an hour or an hour and a half if you really, uh, you know, traffic or whatever might occur. But you know, not that far at all. You couldn't be made in an hour. You know, so we get up. You know, I think we were. You know, we got coffee or something, and then we hit the road and we get to Austin, as you can imagine, very early. Uh, we were playing at a, a club called the Red-Eyed Fly, which is no longer there. <clears throat> it's called something else now. On Red River, uh, you know, which ru- which runs uh, runs into uh, intersects Sixth Street, and there's a lot of clubs and stuff there. So we were playing at the Red-Eyed Fly, and we of co- <laughs> we're so of course we're so f- uh, we're so early that. Um, we have uh, we have 
excellent, you know, parking like for for free. You know, we found fucking parking downtown. We just parked, uh, parked the van and parked. Yeah, parked right right in front of the uh, the venue. And it was it. I, I think it okay. It was like you didn't have to pay uh, until a certain time. I think like at at the free parking until 4 p.m. or something like that. Something like that. And because uh, we didn't pay right, we didn't have to pay right away. We, you know, we didn't have to do anything. We parked, we were good. And we were, dude, right in front of the venue. It was going to be so easy because downtown in that area of Austin gets like gets very busy at night, particularly on a weekend night, but it doesn't have to be a weekend for it to be just packed with cars and finding a place to park like you know you may have you may get to pull up to a certain spot at some of the clubs and and load out but there's not like a designated place to like you leave your vehicle at a lot of these places so you know you have to drive around and go park like man when i when uh with a lot of the letters of ultron shows i remember i i would have to take the van uh down red river and go uh go up like seventh or eighth street and uh find there was a paid there were some paid lots over there uh, that were kind of close, but you could park on the street, and it was right next to the main homeless uh, center downtown in downtown Austin. So it was always like kind of sketch uh, parking, but we were like prime parking. We're we're in front of the venue, and we're it's okay. Like it's not a no parking spot. We're good. When we get back, we're gonna pay the meter and stay there all night and be able to load in and out. It's gonna be fucking preciously perfect. So we get out of the car and uh, we just start start walking just down around there. You know, it's, um, it, it, there's a lot of, uh, stupid store, not a lot, but there's some stores and, and the bars open for like lunch and shit, uh, down around there. So we just wanted to go where we could walk. I remember we went to, I forget what this store is called, but it's like a weird toy store. And I bought some stupid toys that I was, you know, looking at, I think, and we spent a lot of time in there. We went to somewhere. We're like, oh, we'll get lunch here. We'll splurge a little bit to have like a, a burger beer combo and maybe have a couple extra beers uh, just while we're shooting the, the shit and killing time. I think we went ended up having, you know, we had so much time to kill that we didn't want to, you know, just linger at one bar. I think we walked to another one and, and had maybe a, another Lone Star or two. And then uh, we were like, all right cool let's go let's it's time let's walk back over and um let's pay the meter because they're about to start charging and then we'll be you know and then we only have uh and like an hour and a half until load in right so we're almost ready so we go to the the meter and we're there right on time and chris uh chris is like i got this one and i'm like all right so he goes and you know it's it's a the, the modern age these meters have you know the credit card slots it's not like we're paying quarters into it or anything and i look over i'm like getting out of the car i put some stuff in the car i think that i had and and look back over to him in the van and i and he's just looking down at his wallet standing there and i was like what's up and he's looking down at his wallet and i just walk over to him and i look down at his wallet and he's you know he's got he's got one of those checkered vans velcro wallets and you know when you open it up it's got the little window for your id and he's just looking at that window, and there's nothing in that window. And uh, and I'm like, what's wrong, dude? And he just kind of looks at me. He's like, I, I think, uh, I think. And I said, dude, did you leave your credit card and ID at in San Antonio? 
He's like, I, I did. And I was like, oh fuck. And he and I was he felt so bad. You could I could tell like he was like, oh, fuck shit. And it really uh, so we I was like, all right, well, let's go. And because he, he, he's like, what are we gonna do? I was like, well, we gotta go get it. I mean, we got to go get it. And if we wait till tomorrow, it's just, you know, no, let's just go get it. You know, we we have an hour and a half before load in. We'll just speed down there and we'll speed back. And um, we get in the car and he's like, are you sure? I mean, I was like, yes, let's go. We get in the car. We jump on uh, on uh, 35 and just fuck, just start heading back towards San Antonio. And I'm I am driving pretty fast, you know, when where I can uh, just just because. But it truly was not. Chris's fault, really. I mean, the most of this blame dust lay upon the bartender because she she took the you know she took the the license from him with his credit card and and put them in the the thing and Chris didn't close out that tab until the end of the night. So he didn't you know because we were setting up when we realized that he realized there was a bar a, a band tab. So he went and closed it. He did close the tab. And the girl just, you know, uh, the lady bartender just ripped off the, I guess, the receipts and gave it to him. And he signed it and walked away. Um, and she never, she didn't bring it back with the, the credit card and the, and the ID. And he just didn't think of, of it. And I know because, you know, a lot of uh, bars, at least, I don't, I, I don't, uh, I can't speak for all areas of the country. But I'm sure it's like this at a lot of places. We're we're used to where they just scan your ID or your uh, credit card, give it back to you, and that's how they you know open a tab and the information's there. So that way, nobody leaves their card places. Um, so for whatever reason, like I guess like, he was used to that and that he didn't think about it. And we were you know probably hyped up from just playing and had a couple beers or whatever, and it was just totally forgotten. So we we're like flying down the freeway. We and and, and it's just so funny to me. That, uh, you know, Chris is trying to call the place like it's just ringing and ringing. I was like, dude, nobody's going to nobody's there at, you know, the pickup right now. This just, you know, forget about it. We'll get there. They we checked when they opened if like they would be open when we got there um, and they were going to be open or like, OK, if, if this information is correct, they should be open. So I'm flying down. I find it so hilarious that we killed like six plus hours just fucking around uh, in downtown Austin and, and Chris never opened his wallet to, uh, know that he never got carded anywhere. I guess we never got carded and he never, uh, we had, we were using, you know, cash from our band fund for whatever we were, we bought. Um, so it was just, it was insane. It was very, very hilarious, but, uh, we, we got there, Chris banged on the door till they let, till they opened it up and, uh, he got his ID and credit card back jumps in the car and we just haul ass back down I-10 to or 35 to uh, Austin again. And, uh, you know, it takes us a little longer, but we, you know, load in is, you know, there's a window. We, we just got there towards the end of that window, uh, you could say. So we were feeling the pressure. We were right after all that time of like, yeah, we're going to be just no pressure load in plenty of time set up we'll be able to get all nice and warmed up dude we'll just chill here you know all of that was gone it was all like oh no it started to get stressful you know are we gonna get there a time that i you know, unload and then i have to go park the car some the van somewhere because we don't have a spot of course uh but i do remember that show it went very well and uh it was a lot of fun 
to play at that place. And, um, you know, now every time when we leave anywhere, I ask Chris, uh, if he has his, his ID and his wallet and, uh, you know, and it still goes on to this day. I, sometimes I just call him up in the middle of the night, like a fire drill. And I'm like, Hey, do you have your ID and your credit card? And he's like, who's this? And I was like, you failed. I'll see you in San Antonio. And then he knows. He knows. All right, there you go. You know, you hurry up, you wait, you wait, you hurry up. It's uh, life on the road. And uh, so always make sure you have your ID, kids, um, and your credit card. And, uh, you know, everything should be fine. So thank you guys for joining me for another episode. Uh, please check out everything about me on johnwayneisdead.com, where you can uh, go to the shop page. All of my books are in stock right now, plus T-shirts, John Minus Dead Records. I have a bunch of new stickers that are out, people. They're awesome, I think. Check those out. Um, also, uh, when you order from the shop, everything comes from me, so I sign it and uh, send some little extra stuff with it. I appreciate it so much. But all of my stuff is on Amazon and Kindle as well, so if that's uh, your jam, please do that. Every little bit helps. If you'd like to support me further, go to patreon.com slash Dead. Any tier that you join gets you access to the Awesome Dude for Life Boner bonus podcast, as well as a bunch of other cool uh, monthly stuff that happens. And, uh, you know, I do videos that go on the wall. You can watch. So only the my patrons get to see them. And uh, it was very cool, and I think a lot of fun. And you can join the Dollar Beer Club. It gets you just access to the podcast, and you you know you know you're helping out your old Uncle Johnny there with uh, throwing a you know, another drop in the bucket. And I very much appreciate it. Uh, follow me at John Wayne is Dead on Twitter and Instagram, and I will see you guys. Uh, next. Oh, and don't forget to check out uh, Vital Social Issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne uh, every Thursday, and you can get there uh, Chris and John Wayne dot com, and uh, it's on YouTube. It's on everywhere. So uh, also thank you. You guys rule. I'll see you next week.